Welcome back to another episode of That Digital Village Show, the show all about the latest tech trends, news impacting business, people, and planet. In today's episode, we have an exciting guest joining us, launching a book recently titled Go Live, A 10 Principles to Building a Global Empire, and the founder of the company Finder, our familiar hosts, Luke and Paul, welcome Fred Shabesta. Fred and the Digital Village team will be diving deep into the topics of success, unlocking the secrets to building and growing a successful digital business and related principles to reach that empirical status why you should never give up, and even deep dive into the existential realities of doing business in our current environment. So sit back and enjoy. Well, welcome back to the DV show, or the Digital Village show, as we now call it, of course, because we don't want any confusion about that. Um, Luke is back, and Hello. our special guest, Fred Chabesta, the founder of one of the founders, because there were two, of Finder. Um, great to have you with us, Fred. Uh, really looking forward to hearing your story and what you're up to right now. Um, Thanks so, for having me. Yeah, so, so the three of this Faraday's us. cage, which it, is kind of it, it like is. It's a bit weird. We're trying to go full. We're coming at you direct. <laughs> no interference <laughs> on this podcast. No interference and no interventions yeah. have been placed as well. This podcast is recording. Correct. A very analog Correct. experience. Yeah. Now, at the, at the risk of sounding ageist, do you remember a band called Tub Thumping? Tub Thumping? They had a single back in 1997. The song. Yeah? Or the I song was called, uh, it was Chumbawamba. Was the I band. know Chumbawamba. That's yeah. right. And, the, and the, <laughs> the song was called Tub Thumping. And the first two lines were, I get, do I get knocked down, but get up again. You're never going to knock me down. Yeah. And I only uh, put yeah. that in because having read the book, yeah. uh, <laughs> Go Live, which we'll talk about in a minute, that really resonated with me. The fact that you've you've had to persevere and you've gone through God knows how many startups and you know um, experiments that didn't turn into mm. anything before you actually became successful yeah. is a great allegory. And we should really try and dig into that a bit later. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah that was fascinating. Nice sum up. Thank you. That was really Thank good. Thank you. And you summed it up <laughs> with a song. A That's song. What? This why is not? a crazy. He's a man space. of culture, <laughs> Paul. <laughs> Wow, we do. By the way, so everyone <laughs> yes. who's listening right now, yeah. I know this is not a visual, uh, as much visual. You might be it watching is. this, but just so everyone knows, Luke has incredible handwriting. Now, mm. somehow he's an engineer as well. Yes. So that means Indeed. he wants to be able to use his left and right brain together. So that's yep. a fairly unique individual. Thank uh, you very he, much, Fred. Fred. He is annoyingly talented. Really. I mean, you know. Well, you know, we all so love to annoy Paul any way we can. So. <laughs> You guys are in good hands. If you're listening Thanks. right now, very creative. <laughs> yes. Okay. So moving on, we want to learn a little bit about your life experience, Fred, and also try and give some advice to mm. our listeners around what it is that they need to have to be successful. Now, you've written a book about it. I'm sure there's a lot more that you want to share with us as well. Um, but why don't we start with that? What, what inspired you to write the book in the first place? Well, um, you know, it was, I guess, the middle of COVID. I tried to write a book a few times. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I, I sort of started and then wrote, like, headings and then didn't really, it didn't, nothing came. Like, you know, like, it didn't arrive. The universe yep. was saying, this is not the right time. A similar direction or different ideas? I, I guess I got knocked down and then I got back up again. Oh, and then hey! I, <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say at least... Three to four failed attempts, solidly, fully, you know, wrote the chapters, mm. names, titles. Yeah. Um, 
one was on like you know uh, emotional growth one was on um you know how to build a business mm. uh, just you know i just didn't feel it yeah but you 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 end up covering like all of those things really don't you in in go live yeah i think i think it was a an attempt to try and share the varied and yet you know, pretty personally personal stories of challenge mm. and in some way hopefully people got inspired from that and in also yeah. another way I was hoping that there was someone out there who wanted to start something mm. and they just needed yes. a little nudge yeah yeah so did you have that kind of picture in your head when you're writing it of one person you were kind of directing this story to well, say hey I'm gonna, I'm gonna is, yeah. uh, my my current partner um, Brenda, who might be listening, may probably not listening, but we'll see. Hopefully, she does listen. <laughs> I do. I have. To pr- I publish a lot of content, so it's hard to read everything and listen to everything. But um, I, I actually remember the story when she was starting out, and you know, she she started up her own law firm. It's called Black Gold Legal, mm-hmm. and she used to work at you know some very fairly big law firms. And I, I, I remember this experience of like going, "Hey, you could just start your own law firm. You're extremely capable. You can do this." Yep. And the, the sort of conversations would actually be, I would just start regaling stories of things I did. You know, say, like, oh, well, yeah. you know, I'm not sure if this is going to work. It's like, well, mm. I can tell you about things that don't work and I've done a lot of them mm-hmm. and it's okay. Yeah. And mm. you just go again. Yeah. Uh, and, and I just, you know, kept on telling stories and stories and stories. And I realized those stories are highly constructive and instructive as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so... And I noticed myself, I, I, over time, I, I've, I've said these stories a lot. And so I thought, okay, maybe we should put these down somewhere. Mm. And the first thing we did was we pressed record on Zoom and I, I had an interview um, with, with an editor and he just interviewed me for like four hours, um, three, to, three times in a row, re- recorded the whole entire thing. And unfortunately, at the end of it, he said, look, Fred, I don't actually know. You, you've covered so many things. I have no idea what to write this book about. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were kind of back at the start again, unfortunately. Yes. Uh, so I got back up again. And um, that should be a name of a book, actually. Get back up, get back up again. Yeah. Um, and Or a song. Uh, someone should yeah. make a song about that. Yeah. Yeah, and then someone who should write a re- make a really cool podcast and introduce a guest with that song. With that song, um, perfect. That's perfect. Like, th- that feels like the metaverse. <laughs> um, metaverse. What's that? What <laughs> <laughs> What I was thinking um, is, you know, the written word. If you know, one of the things, a big shift in Finder. What I I sort of brought and really influenced recently, or not recently. I say in the last three years particularly at the start of 2020, was to um, really shift towards narratives. So when people create mm. projects, we write narratives. Yeah. So instead of like PowerPoints, it. you know, PowerPoints are still good, mm. but we, we, we write out, you know, narratives. And Amazon really led this, and then, you know, there are other companies have obviously adopted yeah. a similar process. Um, and in that, one of the things I was trying to figure out, why is this process so powerful? Mm. And I... One of the things that was um, I discovered in researching this, Amazon, I think Jeff wrote or, or someone in Amazon said, well, the written word is one of the highest bandwidth tools of humanity. Yeah. Yep. 
like the sh- if, if you write something and then you give it out and distribute it, the amount of bandwidth mm. that is packed into that, you know, into a series of words which are read over and over and over and over again is extraordinarily high. Mm. Yep. And so I thought, well, this is, you know, ext- I just forgot that idea, like that idea. Mm. And I noticed this as we started writing more and more things down at Finder, the amount of context that was shared, the, the, yeah. the, 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 the level of shared understanding of, you know, why we're doing things, where we've come from. Mm. And you could just go back in time and literally read documents. Yeah. Um, that sort of partially inspired me as well. And so, you know, that's what sort of kick-started us in 2020 mm. to, to, to start to write it because I thought, hey, there's probably some valuable things that I could share. Why don't we try and, you know, start to write these down? So how much do Amazing. you think that narrative thing actually influences culture in Finder? I think now it's assumed. If you haven't written it down mm. now and you just propose an idea without... You know, you can propose an idea and then back it up as a potential pitch to then write a narrative <coughs> to give the full context of your thinking. But if you're just talking about an idea now, that's no, it has nowhere near as much weight as like, okay, I've written this narrative. It's like, oh, okay, now you've, you can read it. And then, then people can start to, start to debate and discuss and, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean the idea is going to live, by the no. way. Mm. It can, there are many narratives that don't um, make it pass, but at least you've clarified and purified your thinking it's like, yeah. mm. what did you actually mean about this? Write it down. Yes. And that, that process, so the, so, so the process of taking something from your mind and the picture you have yes. to actually translating it into words, is, is mm. it actually, well, for Luke, it's a beautiful process. For myself, it's not as beautiful. <laughs> but it's certainly a clarifying process. <clears throat> yeah, but for a lot of people, writing is quite a challenge. Being able to do that kind of narrative process without any experience or structure or guidance um, doesn't come naturally to everybody. Do you provide them with any guidance on how to construct a narrative? Not not really. And and I I think what's interesting about that is um, there are templates and there are ones you can read. And so you you get the general idea. Um, The other day, one of our designers, and his first language is in English, Mm -hmm. Um, his name's Kosher, and he wrote a narrative um, about actually about a data science problem. Right. Yeah, so, wow. so let's just just okay. give context here, right? So he's not a data scientist, oh, wow. and um, but he had he's trying to solve a you know a, a creative problem. Uh huh. And I said, why don't you write down this problem? He was like, oh, okay. And what I noticed in him writing is. The level of inquiry is it's actually a bit shorter but it's more concentrated and higher bandwidth again because mm-hmm. you don't have all the waffle yeah you know he, he's literally like from a design perspective he's just going to write what is needed and exactly no more right and it was like yeah. wow like, okay. like and it was short it was probably you know two pages yeah but just that clarifying document even from you know and again you know an engineer the other day wrote a uh, narrative about an NFT yeah and like an NFT is quite an ethereal concept. It's not just a technical thing to create and build. It's got a lot of dimensions to it. And so he really covered that entire space. He's obviously very passionate about it. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think it is possible. Um, and, and, and purely just the process is actually what the, the actual, really the goal is. Yes. More so than yeah. the, the, the eloquence <clears throat> of the document. Like so just 
Sorry. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, yeah, getting people to... You can't do it without thinking hard about what you're writing about, right, and thinking it through. Yeah. Agreed. And, and so, yeah, so and that, that really brings a more complete and transferable, I guess, as you say, narrative to everybody. And you can pick it up with some confidence and say, okay, somebody's put a lot of thought and work yeah. into this, yeah. So do you think that process actually um, speeds up the process of innovation? Does it make it easier to, to kind of filter out things which are clearly not going to make it? I mean, mm. your kind of mantra seems to be, you know, fail fast, fail early, um, expect failure because it's going to have to happen for you to get to the point where you've got something that's actually practical and needed. So, I, I maybe mean, I'll just separate two things there. I just wanted to try and, if I can... This is how I think of that, but maybe yeah. it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right way. Um, so when I think about innovation, I think about two different things. So there's, I just wanted to unpack that slightly and just clarify because I think your, your question is quite um, concentrated and I just want to try and lay out a few of the dimensions to it. So the first way I think of that is you've got incremental innovation, so you know, mm -hmm. an improvement. And in that, that sense... I think a lot of context is needed because what happens is if you in that when you when you do an incremental improvement one of the challenging parts is is to understand why things were they way they were before and what are the considerations of other people in making a change yeah because something's working you know yeah. it's or it may not be working the best but at mm -hmm. least something or there was some reason or thinking that has come before you and I think it's really important to stand on the shoulders of giants from, from before you, right? And honor yeah. that, that, yeah. that thinking that works. So, so I do think that's really important. I think it speeds mm -hmm. it up because mm -hmm. then everyone's on the shared understanding. And then you're not like, you know, um, you know, sacrificing things which are actually working because not everyone understood why. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then again, you, then you get to the project and at the end of the project and you're like, oh, why are we doing this in the first place? It's like, oh, well, let's go back to the narrative. Oh, that's the goal. Oh, that's why we were here. Uh, understand. Okay, cool. And if yeah. someone new comes into the project again, hey, here's the narrative for this project. Yeah. Again, you've got succession planning. These yeah. kinds of things, I think. Mm. So yes, I think yeah. that speeds up incremental innovation. Right. I think in innovation, which are giant leaps forward, so where you are doing something which has not been done before, yeah. where you like... You're starting from scratch. You're starting from, yeah, a, yeah. Wipe, a, a blank piece of paper where you are... I'd say you have... 3% of the data that you you need to make this decision, you have a intuition, a piece of data or a customer conversation or something you're exploring. Essentially, that narrative, I think, um, is a good place to start. Does it does it solve everything? Is, is it, okay, let's talk about what does it actually solve there. Well, one is to clarify the kind of the why, why we're doing this, and, and I think that works in the same way. The part which I think is the most important part but about the narrative in the, in the creative sense of that kind of innovation, I don't think happens on the paper. I think it actually happens outside the paper. So it's, it's, it's when um, people come together and one idea or one piece of energy is shared and it starts a, another reaction in someone else which opens up their mind serendipitously to another idea which shares with someone else and together you get to a place where you didn't think you were going to be and no one's ever been before. 
Mm-hmm. That is now yeah. you're in a place where you need to be, and I don't think that happens on the paper. Right. So it's more of a catalyst mm-hmm. in that situation. It's, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's not really defining. Yeah. It's where an you're after. Going. Yeah. It has to the, the that creation and that creativity, and sometimes that happens actually mid the work. Mm. Right. Um, so yeah. you're like, wow, yeah. we made this error. Hey, actually, that's pretty good. Yeah. What is that? Let's go with that. And yeah. that that is where I think that happens. So, so I think in this case, the narrative is more a maybe more like defining an area of initial exploration. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. No, it is. And do you mm. think it has to, and that that communication that happens outside of the writing, like talking to somebody else and then working through those I- ideas, do you think that's something that's really critical to that process? When we talk about catalyzing the idea. The yeah, I think that, so I, I, I think of it, and maybe I'm old school, but I just think of it like two two triangles. So it could, I think it's supposed to be a double diamond or I don't know. Yeah. I've heard of this, but <laughs> all I can think of is two triangles. So in the beginning, you know, really expanding your thinking, yeah. throwing out ideas, mm-hmm. and then with a with almost a meeting and a purpose where there is no, there's no place you're necessarily going. You're wandering, mm-hmm. curious, able to explore. Um, you seek horizons, you walk towards places not to get to the horizon, but merely to unlock maybe what are the possibilities that are down there. Yeah. Like when you're looking at an idea, let's say we were all right now going to, you know, we're going to make, you know, a rocket. And this rocket, his intention was to, um, you know, see if it can quickly transport dogs, you know, into space. Well, firstly... We neither of us probably know that much about rocketry. I don't know if well, maybe 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 I shouldn't I shouldn't. Zero, Paul looks actually, like no, a no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, we don't. No, um, <laughs> I'm um, an engineer, but I know nothing I was about say, rockets. Actual engineer, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, we would then need to go learn about rocketry. Um, uh, you know, um, escape velocities, the effects of gravity, um, all sorts of things <clears> that we don't really know that much about. And so normally when you're creating something brand new, you're going normally into a space where you may not have the domain knowledge um, to be able to effectively debate and discuss. So you tend to talk in generics. And and then once you go down that place, so that horizon, and you start to learn this new field or this new, you know, let's learn about solidity programming, learn about Ethereum, how does Mm. it work? And you're going down to the basement of cryptocurrency what you start to learn there is, okay, these are maybe actually more spaces we should potentially go and explore again. So it's 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 yeah. it's, mm. it's almost a, and I think honor that honoring that process is hard in companies. I was going to say, yeah, because it needs a lot of time, undirected activity, and something where I think people who are overseeing that activity as well in the organization they say, what are we going to get at the end of it? We don't know. <laughs> and, and, and I think, I think why are you doing it's, it? It's hard to justify yeah. in many organizations. Yeah, where where what is our goal here? Our yeah. goal is to find a goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like, oh, wow, what that? Kind of, <laughs> yeah. What is that? You know, I I was what the other night I was watching and and, and just learning initially how Unity works, like the yeah. the three D programming language yeah. for games, and how it interacts with blockchains. And I literally, you know, did an hour tutorial on how that mm. worked. I, I don't think I'm necessarily the best coder or anything like that, but I just wanted to understand what exactly is this thing? You know, what is, how does the blockchain actually work with 
um, games? Like, how do they connect mm. together? I just wanted to understand, okay, I wanted to go actually look at the fundamentals. And so then I can talk more competently and we can start to innovate. Yeah. Okay, so that's a good example of that then. Like, Fred's going to go and learn about Unity, so it's going to enable more, I guess, informed conversations elsewhere that, I guess, become more productive. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 yeah. and now, coming all the way back, yeah. that may form part of the narrative. That may mm. form part of the appendix, mm. um, yeah. that context. It may be required <laughs> reading, required learning. Um, it'll inform um, the type of team, the the the, the um, types of tools we need to find, um, identify partners and companies, um, influencers, um, experts, courses that we need to go and refer to, look at, and consider. Mm. And that's like you know, if you think about it militaristically, it's like these are the logistics and the supply chain that you need to go and fund this exploration mission, right? Yeah, that's right. We so can keep going. That's the foundation of your like roadmap yeah. forward. Yeah. yeah. I think I think that's really hard. You know, that's why, you know, big leaps in thinking, big leaps in innovation are hard because it's an it's an un un uh, exact science of Seriously, yeah, yeah, wandering. Yeah, you're literally yeah. wandering around. Yeah. yeah, yep. And I encourage that in our team. So in our mm. in our ventures, I run the ventures team at Finder, which this is what we do. Mm. We literally wander. Mm. You know, we wander around, and we make it, we made a game the other day, and we haven't launched it. And we we made um a little app that transfers money between people in our Finder app. It's on yeah. one of our versions. It fully works. You know, it's like like we just wander, right? What does this yeah. actually feel like? What does it actually mean? What does that? Yeah. What does it do? What does that say? You know, because you talk about it, it's like, hey, we should send money between people, cool, and mm. like that's the that's end useful. of that. Yeah. yeah, and it's like that's the end of the idea of that feeling. Mm. Whereas now, when you go to that horizon, right? So you go to that place, you walk down towards that area. You now you you sit there and you're like, huh, this is what this place looks like. Now that's really interesting. And now. What do we see from here? Yeah, what does it enable? Or what, yeah, what new opportunities does it create? And that's a hard yeah. process, right? And that's mm. that's something I think, you know, as as a leader or, or anyone who's a, you know, a manager at a company, one of the most important roles is to assign capital, right? So where do mm. you put people's time? Yep. Um, the second one obviously is operational excellence, but those two things are the most important things. And assigning capital to that inexact science is hard. Yeah. It is hard and I would imagine quite difficult to um, to distribute in a fair and even way across a, a large team. I mean, how many people are there in Finder now? Must be at least 300. It's 300 yeah. plus? Three, yeah. Yeah, and how many of them are, are encouraged to, to go down that road that you're describing? Well, you know, we one of the, the, the values of Finder, the third value is to go live and there is a real exploratory feeling to that value, right, of, of going live, of getting putting things out there. And, you know, um, we talk about the idea that, you know, anything on your computer um, doesn't exist until it's on the internet. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of whack, but it's kind of yeah. true, right? It doesn't, mm. It's on the internet and it didn't happen. Um, we, so I definitely think people, are, they do go live and they do experiment. But this, this level of dedicated assigned time, to wandering to places is a, is, is a defined area of Finder in the Ventures team. Right, right, okay. And over the, the sort of 22 plus years that Finder's been in existence, I was really 
fascinated by the fact that you focus so highly on Australia as a market first. And the second country that you went to was the States, is that right? Um, but that was some 10 years after the company was founded. So just looking at the kind of um, the, the history of a lot of innovation in the internet space, that seems like a long period of time from one country to the next. W was that deliberate or was that a factor of the market or you know, was that a decision the leadership team was taking? What, what was kind of the driver behind, okay, well, let's take our time, let's make sure it works here first and then we'll start thinking about the next place. Mm. It's interesting um, reflecting back like that. And in the, t in the moment, in the time, I think to give context, like Fonda was a, you know, a bootstrap company for you know, only to, we had our first, we had our first round of funding ever last year. Goodness, just wow. to give context. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's All right. That's impressive. So, so you know, <coughs> cash flow funded business. You know, we ran a profitable business. Yeah, it's not like a, a fast growth business. It's more of a slow. Um, slow is the right the word. It's it's more of a. We work fast at Finder, mm. but it's just we don't recklessly grow for growth's sake. No. Um, you know, it's it's very Warren Buffetty in a way, really. Yeah. Um, but it makes it even yeah. more remarkable. Yeah. Actually, that that you've you've managed to to grow the company that way because that is not the way that most you know dot com companies or the, mm. the leading digital companies have actually grown. You know, they've yeah. all grown by being fueled by these big capital Injections raises and, and huge, huge increases in in capital, yeah. which have taken them the valuation up and given mm. them what they needed to grow. So and to do it organically or is a phenomenal yeah. achievement. I know, but it also creates expectation, doesn't well, it? Well, it does, like, yes. We've given you mega bucks, now you shall grow. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And yeah, so do you feel like that you could take, you could take that more considered approach that you were describing to, to growth? Yeah, yeah. Because you were you know, bootstrapped and... Yeah, I, th I think, I think yeah? it's the same. It sh I think it should be the same equation whether you have big money or not. Yeah. Mm. Really. Um, it should be, but it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Very rarely, anyway. Yeah. Well, we, you know, I think it depends on the clarity of the growth and the clarity of the business model and the opportunity. If it's very clear and obvious and it's literally we just need to do more of this and do it in a bigger sense, then you know, there are times when we have grown definitely faster mm. and we knew what we were, what, why we were doing that and we, we just added on because we – knew this was going to work because we've done it before then i think it's slightly that's a different risk return trade mm. um i think when you're like pot shotting like you don't really know and there's a lot of money then you're going to make a lot of mistakes and yes. i think that's what mm. there's not really seen is that there are huge numbers of projects in like amazon and google that literally have you know tens of millions if not hundreds of millions and they never make it of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's the same thing, right? That's them trying to start a new business and they fail. It's just, actually just a startup. Yes. And it's but funded I'm as well, but they just fund it from their balance sheet, yeah. which is the same thing as what we kind of do in a way, um, just in a small scale. But to your point, you know, even with, with companies that have got a really good business model, I mean, I'm thinking of Klarna, who have just announced, yeah. you know, an 85% drop in their valuation based on what's happening on the stock market at the moment. Nothing wrong with their business model. You know, people need to borrow money to buy stuff. This is, mm. you know, gone on for millennia. But because they have been funded by these huge capital raises, their valuation went up to what, 
like 450 billion at one point um, and has dropped you know right back down but it's been inflated because they've had these big cap raises which have kind of driven the perception of value mm. Wow. Way in excess of what they were able yeah. to deliver from a revenue. Or expected sense. value, right? Or expected value. They, yeah. they, that's value yeah. they expected to grow into. Yeah. yeah. Whereas your model, I think, is yeah. much more, it's uh, got a lot more integrity to it because it's it's basically saying, you know, we, we have to be able to prove to ourselves that our business has value in of itself mm. and that it grows through our efforts to make it so, not somebody else just chucking money at it. Mm. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. And I think um, maybe to wrap that back so let's go if you go all the way back what does that mean well we have to make something valuable to the customer yeah we have to mm-hmm. find product market fit yeah um and we've had lots of things that have not you know we built a marketplace during covid and we shut that down after about five months like a That's full-on cool. marketplace you could buy on finder you could list products it was full-on you thought e-commerce is gonna be massive yes um, yeah and then we kind of like thought, okay, maybe there's a gap here, but we didn't really do enough of what that exact gap was. And we realized the actual sheer depth and um, moat there is. It's, it's like, it's, it's not a moat, like a barrier that stops you in front of you. It's just the sheer length and depth of data, um, people to contact, and um, almost connect- connections that you need to build to get to a, a reasonable size of whether enough buyers and sellers to create that network effect. Yeah. The, the amount of um, activation energy that needs to be put in is enormous. It's enormous. Yeah. And, you know, when you're really late to the game, like eBay's been around, sold, mm. I mean, listed, you know, it's kind of been done books have been written about it mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure the guy from trade me in the in new zealand this is probably a ripoff but it, he just literally <laughs> read the ebay book and then copy pasted <laughs> like <laughs> you know the book was already written he just yeah. literally there was nothing oh, in new yeah, zealand you know like yeah that's a good sense. opportunity right yeah whereas we're like okay, ebay's here it's number one two three four five mm. top sellers and mm. that was probably you know a little bit of a you know it was a poor but it wasn't. It was. It wasn't. It it, it. it. definitely failed, but it taught us to do a lot of things, and there are there are pieces of things that now we have used in other ways. Really. Um. So you kind of. Yeah. So taking payments, like we never mm-hmm. took any payments. No one gave. No customer gave Finder money. Mm-hmm. Never. Yeah. Okay. It was like it's a free service, right? Yeah. yeah. And we were like, people are willing to give Finder money. Like that was a, that 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 as an idea was not like we were like you're willing to give us money revolutionary yeah like to oh, us yeah. internally that's like, like everyone else are like obviously money. we're like we're like customers. like would you give us some money are you sure you <laughs> want to like you've never given us any money before you know yeah. that 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 seems it's kind of like a you think of it it's a an idea wall that we broke down. Mm. And then now new ideas are able to be formed. It's like, oh, well, we, are, we can take payments now. You know, but we what, do you, what do you take them for? Well, you know, we started collecting money from customers. And so people could list their products on Finder. They still can list their products, they list their business, but so we just slightly changed oh, it. Oh, okay. <clears throat> 
excuse me. Um, and that, that that just that just wasn't an idea we would ever into- do. It just wouldn't happen. Right. No one would, you know, no customer will give Finder a credit card. It just, mm. you know, that improved obviously our payment terms because you kind of almost go to negative negative terms because someone prepays you're you, know, oh, you kind of owe them okay, money really yeah. mm-hmm. you know so you're yeah. going negative you're which is really you know it's beginning. good for the business you, you know. have to accrue yeah you're going the <laughs> other way around you know you get a liability yeah, yeah. um yeah. i don't know if that's the accounting treatment by the way but it just it is never enough a, yeah, yeah a nuance <laughs> um it is I, you know i think you know we also think now hey could could we build a subscription well people are willing to give us money that idea can now be you know that 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 barrier is no longer a barrier. You know, and and so so let's, let's extend that. So people give us money. Okay, now we built a wallet in in, the, in Finder in the in the app, and it you know it has, mm. you know, I don't know north of you know, tens of millions of dollars in it, and people are willing to buy crypto with from Finder. That, again, oh well, people are willing to give Finder money, so maybe they're willing to trade with us. Yeah. I suppose it's a nice leap and not not too far away. Cool. So. You know, I think I think that's I think there's, you know, I think of it like, you know, you build sort of a a, a, a construction, it kind of like gets taken to this, you know, tip. But the energy and the idea barriers it crossed to come into existence are kind of like, you know, when I think about. You imagine, imagine you, you got on a ship right now for the very first time, like a wooden ship, and you came to Australia, and all you saw was bush and, you know, like like snakes and insects and birds flying around and some kangaroos, you know, and and and, and obviously some 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 people who originally were here, and you're like, whoa, okay, let's say we want to walk from that first beach to a stream. No one's ever been, well, well, people have been on that route, but, I mean, no one has a clear map that's been written to go to that path. Mm. Like, we don't even know if we can get any water in the first place. Okay, so we don't even know if we can survive. Oh, that's a bit of a problem. All right, so imagine that first person going that path. Maybe maybe, maybe two people set off and one person comes back. Okay, that's kind of bad, but, like, <laughs> you know, that path gets formed. Yep. Now, and I think of it like an idea bridge inside an organization. It's It's like... You know, once you start to be okay with doing something like that, that gives birth to now that road gets formed and that's that's normal. So now, say that path to the water was established. Okay, so now we need another path, and we're thinking, hey, can we make it from here to the wood, to the forest? Because we need some wood because we need to build our houses and you know those kind of things. Yeah. Yes, we're okay with exploring. One, yeah. we're okay because we built a road before. Mm. Two, we've worked out how to survive. You know, these are kinds of things Builds. and skills and muscles yep. that you'd start yeah. to learn. Yeah. It becomes yeah. the new normal, right? Yeah. It goes from here's this thing we've never done before. Oh, now we do it all the time, and we feel confident to like take the next step. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you the <clears> most extreme example. Um, you know, we've we obviously have this new wallet business in Finder. Yeah. And it's it's obviously a very small percentage of our revenue. Um, and and you know. I think some people can see that as like, oh, well, you know, you know, we're spending all these resources and it's only for a small amount of revenue. Well, let's go back all the way back in time. And I remember sitting in a, you know, we, we had a we had a a boardroom which was a hexagon. It was kind of interesting because no one sat in the middle, which uh, at the yeah. head of the table, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Cool. And we had twelve ideas all written on A4 pieces of paper. They were, I'd say, 
max three or four sentences with a title, and they were literally just put it on the paper on the on the on the, on the table. I can still see it now, and we just voted on which ideas we go for. Yeah, and four of them were chosen, and one of them just happened to be Finder. Three of them failed, <laughs> and literally that's how we began. <laughs> So, so like, you know, yeah, we chose a great idea back then, but that's yeah. the nature of it, right? So yeah. we're, we're still trying to choose ideas now. Mm. They just don't look like what Fonda looks like today. It look, yeah. They look like, you know, a wallet that, that, you know, is making some money, but it's and, – and that's hard, you know. That's a, that's a, that's a hard idea because every see, everything you see, all the structures, everything you see around you inside an organisation looks like the, what, the, what, what, what the organisation – is today, and it's very hard sometimes to see what it was. Yeah, you know, I, I could imagine Microsoft was maybe a tiny office with a few um, people sitting around coding DOS and like mm. getting a call from IBM and like, quick, we better get in the car and drive on over. Yeah, you know, like mm. or get in yeah. a let's look at airplane flights and figure yeah. out maybe there wasn't you know let's go and call up a travel agent. Maybe that's how they did. I don't know how they did it back then, but you know before the internet. <laughs> before there were hashtags, you know, yeah. before there was TikTok. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think... And mobile phones. Yeah, cell phones. <laughs> By the way, here's a question for you. Uh. I remember, so I used to, when in the beginning I sold websites and I used to drive around, all around Sydney, yeah, far distances to try and win business. And I did a relatively solid, you know, three out of ten success rate. But I, was re- I realized we didn't have GPSs then. No, and we looked at the you know the the book of maps. You had an A to Z, did you? Yeah, yeah. like a, like yeah. an A to Z. Yeah. Um, mm. And 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 uh, what I'm trying to remember is how did we know how long it would take? Oh. What an interesting question. I don't think we did. I think, how, I think, how did we know we were going to be on time? I think we just sort of time. had that cognitive process yeah. of thinking, knew. well, it's from yeah. A to B, it's going to take us that long. Yeah. Like, how but could you we wouldn't possibly know. know that? You wouldn't know. No. And, and I was well, you'd look at it in terms of it's this number of kilometres, I'm going to be doing X number of kilometres per hour. It's going to take me an hour. Yeah. 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 Whatever. I agree with you. Roughly. But I was thinking, like, <laughs> and, I, and I agree, and I was like, but I was thinking about it the other day, I was like, I was like, like have we become worse estimators? Because we're so precise oh, now? Completely. I, I say yes. A hundred percent. Definitely. hundred yeah. percent. Because everything is, I guess everything is very, it's easy to make mm. loose plans as well because we're all very contactable. Mm. And but also we're very used to getting precise answers. It'll take 37 minutes to get from here to over there. That's that's fine, and so. But when it doesn't take thirty-seven minutes, how oh, how pissed off do you I, get? I know, you know it's so annoying. It's like the weather so forecast. <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, the technology that sits behind yeah. the weather forecast is extraordinary. Yeah. But how many times is it wrong? Well, it seems like it's mm. wrong more often and than it's right. Th- but that's only because we have a very high expectation it's going to be right. One, one, so I just want to build on this idea, mm. if I can, slightly. I don't know if I'm taking a too much of a no, tangent go for from it. your. Go for it. No, but, um, so just on this idea, and I think it's a really important idea. Um, is to recognize how poor humans are at forecasting the future. Like oh, we yes. are just average. Below, I'd say below average. Like yes. Really rotten. Like, and like proper, <laughs> even, yes. even when we've got data to back it up. Yeah, proper, yeah. like what the, like a like hundred years of data of population growth and we're trying to predict this number. No. No idea. No. So, Outcome so, of an election? Yeah. No idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so... Um, what I what I what I want to sort of take that data point right, and I, I think what's interesting, coming all the way back to the innovation question, is I think in that moment of creation, one of the inputs that you're trying to 
also encounter and deal with is what is the future going to look like, right? So you're not planning when you're innovating for three months, six, probably not even 12. It probably took a good 18 months before the Finder app took any shape at all. It probably took two years before it started to gain some traction with its wallet and probably two and a half years before we built the Earn product. You know, it's like, like think about that's a significant, terrible lack of ability to forecast the future, right? Like shocking, <laughs> two and a half years had to wait till we yeah. got some product market fear. Okay, let's turn that around, but let's submit that maybe, just maybe, we are just not great at forecasting the future. And if you look on Earth, like this is a probably a big statement. There might be something that I don't realize does this well, but I'd say almost all of biology also is pretty bad at predicting the future and doesn't really spend that much time doing it. They don't sit around and go, hmm, well, you know, I think this is probably going to be a mass extinction coming. We probably should forecast for that and deal with it and those kind of things. That's not going to happen. Right, so, so, so in general, what do they do? I think this is interesting, right? Yeah. And I think this is what the, the, the zeitgeist of today is about is I think what they spend their time doing is focusing on their ability to adapt. Yeah. So so the ability to respond, to mm. change, to move, to 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 take new inputs and as quickly as possible translate them into an output. That's relevant, yeah, timely and valuable to customers. So given that, I think you know, this is probably a future forecast. If I was looking at, you know, companies and markets as you were talking about before, I think if you right now were to index companies on their adaptability, I think you're going to see the winners in the next two to three years. Mm. And who would you put in that category? Well, you know... For example. I think there are are fast followers as well. Like Microsoft does a great job. It's like, and no slight, no hand, Mm. you know, Samsung did it for years and still Mm. does. But Microsoft, you know, saw HipChat, saw Slack and made Teams. And I don't think they, you know, I'm not saying like that's good or bad by them, but they adapt quickly. Yes. Mm. You know, they do a good job. Yeah, And they rally teams to around it and they, yeah. they put engineers and they put a product set around it and it works <clears> and, it, you know, it, it builds onto their thing. I think that's a good thing. Um, you know, I don't think necessarily I was the inventor of comparison as an idea. Like that, that's, a, that's an age-old idea that's been around forever and it was in print magazines beforehand Mm. we just did a really good job of adapting and we we do a good job of adapting and to new things right you know Mm. so during covid we started you know comparing heavily stocks because stocks are really popular um where to buy them cryptocurrencies face masks rat tests you know these are all massive things that came energy is a big deal right now Mm. um the price of energy people are switching their energy massively right now which they should by the way that's small tip there's a lot of money to be saved and you can get $100 in the finder wallet that's a small promotion <laughs> shamelessly <laughs> shameless promotion go for it so you know I think indexing on that I think is really strong yeah um, there are things that don't really change that much you know bricks people are still buying bricks people are still buying steel um, they still need iron. You know, there are certain things that I don't think it changed that much, and there have large lengths of persistence. Um, you know, 
they're going to take a large period of time to sort of unwind that the carbuncles on top of humanity's behaviors, right? Those are the kind of things you're looking for. It's going to take a long time to change some of those things. But there are other areas where I think if I was to, you know, you know, other companies that are adapting fast, you know, I think Teams is, it, it started out pretty average and it's gotten better. I think, um, you know, LinkedIn keeps, you know, I think moving a little bit. I like LinkedIn. I don't know. I think it, maybe I'm just the odd one. Um, <laughs> everyone, everyone's hanging out on, on, I don't know, Instagram and TikTok these days and I'm on the one on LinkedIn still. I, I like the place. You know, the reason why, you know why I like it is because it's clean and well lit. Yes. This you know true. who you're speaking yes. to. Yeah. You, yeah. you do. But, I mean... To, There's uh, some accountability to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, I think it, it, it can be a little bit banal sometimes. It can be boring. Uh, yeah. And a bit boring. And, and uh, you know, you need, you need to be in the right groups to, to get value out of it. But I, mm. I agree with you. I think it, it mm. serves a really useful purpose. The thing that really surprises me about LinkedIn is there is no competitor to it. There is True. no viable competitor yes, to LinkedIn. That's right. Why hasn't it's anybody had a go as much as people complain creating something that addresses some of the shortcomings of LinkedIn? Must be a hard problem. It must be a hard problem. Yeah, yeah. you wouldn't think it would be though. Well, I mean, you know, such a, a massive again, market, four hundred million users, get, whatever it is. Yeah, but building something to get a network effect mm. from the yes. ground up. Yeah, it it another huge. company has yeah. been around for a long time. Mm. And survived a lot of things, but uh, yeah. yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't got any viable competitors. I think so. Building on you know those other companies, things which are new, but have become slightly less popular. But if they make it through, they'll always still have that moat and that brand from from you know that COVID digitization we went through. So yeah. mm. you know, I think Zoom's a good example, right? So what is the difference these days between Zoom and Google Meetings and Teams. Like, it's kind of not much. Maybe, I don't know, everyone has their preferences, right? Yeah. But, but it, like again, it's a sort of a personal preference thing mm. or a company yeah. preference right. thing. And it's like there isn't really any kind of logic to now it's one got being better another. than another. Yeah. Mm. I it's, don't think. They're it's all like your energy company, you don't really care. No. Um, no, no disrespect to anyone who works in energy. <laughs> but, um, no, but I mean, if you're a Microsoft user, it's, right. a, it's the go-to product. Yeah. Right. And mm. it's dictated often by, you know, your company, your organisation, what sort of infrastructure they're bought into Why already. would you want to go yeah. to Zoom if you've got Microsoft 365? I mean, it's, mm. uh, you know, one of those things really, isn't it? Yeah. And if you're into Google, same thing. Same you know, thing. It's a platform choice. And I think there's Once cost there, savings now everyone's quite conscious about. So, so I think Zoom is one of those ones where they need to find that next thing that next angle and i bet you that's what they're talking about all day in there oh. just going <laughs> we need another feature or hook or or pandemic to keep <laughs> yeah <laughs> because that was the event i yeah. mean the pandemic yeah. was the event and for, then, for zoom if they if they hadn't had that pandemic would they be as big as they are now probably not because microsoft and google would have swallowed up the market yeah, it's it's definitely um, you know I think I think you know, we we were using Zoom maybe two or three years before the pandemic and because it was just easier and mm. it was just better yeah but that I think we were, we were like everyone else was sending us you know WebEx and and you know, yeah. Google Meets and stuff like that um, 
we would send a Zoom link and everyone was like, oh, you could actually share your screen. Mm. You know, like, yeah. oh, it wow. works. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so, so I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to submit, but is that's a good example of a company where, you know, if they make it through, they've almost, they've got a verb, you know, Zoom me. Mm. Mm. You've got a great position, you've got a great right place. They just need to stabilize. They need to show that they can adapt and be resilient through this and then great fortunes will be on the other side. Fair enough. Can I talk about crypto? Yeah. What's happening? It's all happening. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it going to recover? I mean, it's been a really brutal couple of months. Um, and I know that you've, you've invested in that, that area yourself. What, what would you say to people who are thinking of investing in crypto? So, you know, I always think start, start small. Start with the amount of money you're willing to just lose. Start yeah. there. So Because most of us have. Yeah, yeah. lost. <laughs> in, well, it depends. You know, if you bought, if you, even if you bought the all-time high in 2018, 2019, I think you'd at least be break even, if not slightly up right now. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, mm. to give that context. So, you know, if, if you bought any time before 2018, you're up. Like that's, yeah. So, mm. and the new high, you know, what, 64,000, it's pretty high. 60, I think it might be 68 when I touched. Um, so, and if you zoom back, let's go back further. Um, in 2013, Bitcoin crossed, I think it was $1,000 for the first time. And then mm-hmm. it crashed down to $150. So you're down 85%. That'd be a pretty big loss, right? But that it hit $1,000 was a remarkable thing. Now, mm. imagine if Bitcoin went to $1,000, how much would you buy? As much as you could possibly load up, probably, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so think of that perception and zoom back in time. And now what's hard is to say, actually, maybe right now we're at the $150 mark, potentially. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, not, I'm not, this is not financial advice. Gotta no, no. Brag, but yeah, we I mean, right. <laughs> not every, every market gets to this point where it goes through these, you know, exorbitant exuberance and then mm. fear and, you know... Um, Hopelessness. Yeah, hope, uh, you know, um, capitulation, <laughs> mm. um, anger, yeah. um, despair. And, and, and normally, and, and depends on... You, you've got obviously got to back a company or a, a crypto that is going to survive and is going to, you know, continue on. And if you do that during those times that's when you tend to actually make your money. You buy in those times when there's extreme fear, um, you know, despair um, and those kinds of beliefs. So so right now I think is a time where I personally am adding. So I'm, I see this as like, I believe. I'm mm-hmm. a believer in yep. what crypto is doing. I think it's just the beginning of, like just at the, at the beginning of the internet it's only just started and there are more engineers and developers and designers and accountants and smart business people going into it. It's not like it's not like people are leaving. It's like people are going in. More people are going in. More courses are being taught. Like more um, like kids now talk about their NFTs and their cryptocurrencies and they do, you know, talk about their, um, you know, their baseball cards or their, um, yeah. Online gaming or, or stocks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but like you know, you're, you're, 
young kids that know how to do technical analysis you know, yeah. for stock trading yeah. or, 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 or crypto trading, and they're learning that at such a young age, imagine what they're going to be like in 20 years' time. I think it's an incredible education. Yes. It's like a, like a yeah, you, you, yeah, they might have lost some money. They might have made some money as well. Uh, I know a lot of people who have made very good money and have helped their family and yeah. you know, put their kids through school. Um, I know mm. single moms that have you know just just collective like consistently invested throughout time and now you know they, they take care of their their their, their child I, I, you know there's all sorts of different stories right selling is the hard part obviously with all these things because you get really exuberant and but this is a time I think where I believe and I'm not going anywhere now I'll I'm here to here to keep uh, building and um, I think this is another one of those lows talk about it again like i remember 2017 2018 when we hit three thousand eight hundred dollars bitcoin hit three thousand eight hundred from a high of 20 grand i remember mm, the day i was sitting there yeah. i was watching the chart and i saw it yeah. capitulate and everyone thought it was dead it was like yeah. oh this is over people were leaving they like left you know i'm just like and i just stayed i was like uh nah. quite right you've got to be here for the long term haven't you really that's the thing yeah, but Amazon mm. stock just after the dot com crash, you know, <clears> that hit <throat> like ridiculous prices. And there are people who write letters to Jeff Bezos, thanking him for putting their kids through college. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, but that's yeah. that's what it is, right? Yeah. That's that's yeah. that's 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 the creation of wealth. That's where you believe, where you understand, where you've got someone and a group of of other people, right, coming together to create wealth, to bring wealth. And there are other people who take the risk mm. and, in, and invest with those managers, invest with those people to create something great. And they deserve those gains because they took the risk. And also the people who did the work, they deserve the gains because they did the work to go and get that. And so the, the whole system works. And so I think this is one of those times where people's belief in crypto are questioned. And mm. you know, if you don't believe in Bitcoin anymore, look, I'm happy to put my Bitcoin address at the bottom of this podcast. You, everyone can send me their, their Bitcoin. <laughs> it's fine. I get it. You're over it. Totally understand. I'll hold on to it, you know, for you. Probably won't, you know, if, if you're not into it, that's fine. I'll okay, hold on to so it. Okay, so I think we're going to do that. And we'll also put a link into your book and to Finder. Uh, and if anybody obviously wants to send you money, you, I'm sure you'll say yes as well. Fred, <laughs> Fred, thank you so much for joining us and great conversation. Really good to have you here. And uh, best of luck in whatever you're going to do next. We're going to be keeping an eye out for that too. Um, but thank you very much yeah, indeed. Really Cheers. amazing conversation. And it's really looking forward to seeing what's coming next. I'm, I'm sure it won't be what you expect. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. All the better then. Cheers. Thanks a lot. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Feel free to check our other episodes out on any of the major podcast channels and at digitalvillage.network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love a subscribe, follow, or even a share. It really helps us out. But on that note, stay safe, and I look forward to catching you on the next episode of That Digital Village Show.